Greetings and welcome to Astronomy 104 at Hack. The last two weeks we've talked about stellar evolution and we spent some time talking about the we talked about the formation of stars the first week and then we went on and talked about what a star like the Sun will do over time last time and this week we're going to talk about the higher mass stars and what those big stars will do over the course of their lives and how their, the, their history is going to be a little bit different. Now in terms of formation it's essentially the same. The stars that form are the stars form pretty much the same way regardless of what the mass of the star happens to be. So the difference here is that when you have a high mass star different things happen to happen later in life. In fact, for the very beginning of its life, it's essentially the same. We talked about how a star like the Sun would burn hydrogen to helium, and the same thing would happen for a much more massive star. It will burn hydrogen into helium. And that's where it is on its main sequence life. That's where it spends most of its life. What happens differently a little bit is once, once we happen to use up that hydrogen in the center of the star. So as we use that up, then we need another energy source. Now, in a star like the Sun and in this star, the same kind of thing happens. What will happen is we will form a, we will form hydrogen, we will get hydrogen around the core, but the core itself will become helium. Again, there's no difference from this as to what we talked about previously. This is exactly like a low mass star. So we'll have a core of helium building up after the star has used up all of its hydrogen, it starts to build up a core of helium and the hydrogen burns in a shell around it. Now, the difference with the high mass star is that it builds up this mass much, much quicker. Very, very massive stars might take only a few million years, whereas a star like the Sun will take 10 billion years to actually use up all of its hydrogen. So the star, star, Sun will take 10 billion years to use up hydrogen, these other ones might take only a few million years and will go through it a lot quicker. And that will cause a difference. The way it occurs so quickly, because it occurs so quickly, that means that we can see that, the, that when the hydrogen burns, when the, sorry, when the helium burns, it starts much quicker. We talked about with the sun how it would get so dense and so crushed together that when that helium started to burn it just was a runaway explosion we called the helium flash. Well that doesn't happen in a large star. In a large star that helium will just start burning nice and normal and calmly just like any, just like the hydrogen was. So it's a little bit different, a little bit different in that case, in that aspect. But what happens on our HR diagram is essentially the same. The star goes from the main sequence and a massive star will move pretty much straight to the right. It will stay incredibly luminous. It will just get cooler. So it'll move into the red giant phase and red supergiant phase just like our sun would. Now a little bit differently and what will happen later, later on is that once we do that, once we build up that helium in the core and we start burning that helium into carbon, then there are multiple stages. The sun stopped there. The sun got to carbon in the core and couldn't go any further. It did not have the mass to actually start to get the temperatures needed to burn the carbon. So the sun couldn't burn carbon. These massive stars can. And they can burn carbon 
They can burn carbon into oxygen and then silicon and then up to iron. So we can burn things up to, up to iron. We can get to a core of iron. This is where things begin to get interesting. Because if you remember, I told you last time, the reason we can burn hydrogen into helium and get energy is because when you take four hydrogen atoms and add up their mass, and you take one helium atom and add up its mass, you find that that helium atom has a little bit less mass than those four hydrogen atoms. And that little bit of mass was converted into energy. And all those billions upon billions of reactions then take energy, then, then generate energy that, that illuminates the sun. The same thing happens with helium. When you take four helium atoms, three helium atoms to smash together to form a carbon atom, it, the carbon atom has a little bit less mass, and therefore it's a little, it gives off a little bit of energy each time. Now it's not much energy for each reaction, but there are many, many reactions occurring every second in this kind of thing, and that will cause it, that will cause the energy to be produced. The problem is, once you get to iron, iron is the most tightly bound nucleus of any element in the periodic table. So once we get up to iron, we can't squish it together anymore. So you can take two iron atoms and squish them together, but those two iron atoms you try to smash together actually have a little bit less mass than the product meaning that we're gaining mass, and that means it takes energy. So we can get the temperature of the star hot enough to smash those iron atoms together, but every time we fuse those, hydrogen, those iron atoms together, we lose a little bit of energy. So we lose energy. So as it starts to do this, it, starts, it, can lo it, lo it would lose energy. Well, that's going to suck temperature out of the core, and what's going to happen? The densities have become very, very large, but now there's, nothing, there's no energy to hold it up. It collapses even, large, even further. So a star, like a much more massive star than the sun, will actually undergo what we call a supernova explosion. And it's because the buildup of that iron core, there's no more energy source. And it starts to collapse, and then collapses and rebounds and explodes back, pushing off the outer layers. The extreme amount of heat, this is where we form everything else. During this explosion, during this time, would be when we form all the other elements we find in our bodies. So everything above iron can be formed in the core of a star. The others can only be formed in a supernova explosion. So anything higher, the golds, the leads, Anything, anything above iron in the periodic table is formed in a supernova explosion. So everything else that we see comes from those type of explosions. This is what we call a type 2 supernova. And we talked about the two different types of supernovae earlier. The supernovae had, again, two different types. And type 1 was a white dwarf exploding. We talked about those a while back when we talked about distances. And type 2 is this. It is a massive star. Now, remember, type 1s were real nice because we knew something about them. They were all the same. These, that's not the case with these. These can all be a little bit different because we could have a star that's 20 times the mass of the sun, or 50 times the mass of the sun, or 100 times the mass of the sun. So 
we don't we don't can't know anything specific about them each one is slight is a little bit is unique but they are important in that they are where all the elements come from so everything larger is pushed out from these stars because if you think about it in something like the sun where you build up this nice core of carbon it never comes back out into space there's no way to actually get that carbon back out into space it's going to be there but it's going to be trapped up in that white dwarf forever it's never coming out of there we need this explosion and this material to actually come out now the other thing that we can do to get material to come up is that some of the things will some of the, the stars will actually do what we call a dredge up they'll actually go into a very, they'll get very big and they'll go into a big convective mode and they'll pull material from near the core up towards the surface. So they'll pull newly formed oxygen and carbon from the core up to the surface. And again, then those can be much more easily pushed off into space and form the basis of forming new planets. So that's what happens, that's the basic idea of what happens with a very large star. So a high, a high mass star will become a supernova explosion and leave behind one of two things, either a neutron star or a black hole. A neutron star is simply a star where the whole, every atom has been crushed together so far that there's no electrons. The electrons get pushed into the nucleus and we have a big ball of neutrons. So everything is as close together as it can possibly be. A black hole is if we get a little bit even bigger. A black hole, for even light would not be able to escape from it. So without even light being able to escape from it, we would then not be able to see anything about that black hole. Now next time I'm going to talk about these two rem these, the remnants a little bit. We're going to talk about what happens about the neutron stars and black holes and the possible remnants left over after a supernova explosion. So we'll include, conclude our section on stellar evolution next time with talking about the remnants and going into a little bit more detail about these remnants that will be left over afterwards. So that concludes part three of stellar evolution and again next week we'll talk about the remnants that are left over. And until next time, have a great day everyone and I will see you in class.